KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. So I'm really excited about this interview with Jessamine Ward. If you've never heard of her, she is an amazing writer. She has been named in a long list of great American writers, including people like Toni Morrison, uh, William Faulkner, Saul Bellow, John Updike, all kinds of voices. And she has been considered the voice of our generation. And let me tell you, if you've never heard of any of her books, her recent book called Sing, I'm Buried Sing was the Philadelphia One Book Selection. It is, is an amazing book that talks about the intersection of race, poverty, and power through the lens of a family in Mississippi, not unlike her own family, because she grew up in a very rural, poor area of Mississippi. So this week she was here in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, for the Pennsylvania Women's Conference. I got to go backstage before she spoke to 10,000 women and do a quick one-on-one with her. Here's what she had to say about her own career and what it takes to build empathy. Thank you so much for talking to me. So how excited are you to be here to talk to 10,000 women? (laughs) Very excited, also very nervous. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't often talk to groups of people this big, Mm -hmm. um, but everyone that I've you know had a chance to talk to so far you know with volunteers and attendees of the conference like they're just so excited to be here um, that I think that excitement is contagious so yeah yeah, it's helping me with my nervousness (laughs) your voice is one that is basically made for today um, and it includes like a historical perspective. Tell me what your message will be, because this is one of the most diverse conferences that we have here. And tell me what your message is to these women. Um, So I guess in a way I'm talking about uh, success, um, or I guess the ideas that we have about success, and how as I grew older I began to understand that that success wasn't the result of um, of making what people thought the right decisions were at a certain time of my life, like as a young person, Um, but that instead you found your way to the life you wanted and found success by making choice after choice after choice after choice that would eventually sort of get you to that place and that for, for, and that some people find whatever their idea of success is, they find that early, right? But for me, you know, and, and because of, you know, my background, like I come from a really poor, you know, family and community in South Mississippi, like for me, that just wasn't possible, you know? Like I didn't have the resources in my family, my community, we didn't have the resources for that. And so in order for me to find my way towards the future that I wanted, I, um, I had to work for it and I got lucky and it took me year after year after year after year you know of like working hard without any sort of guarantee you know that I would make it in order to make it and then and then I say like at the end that like coming to that realization made me realize that you know I think when I was younger I think that I might have judged the people around me you know like judged the people in my family just because I thought oh you know 
at one I was so young right and I thought oh you know like they just didn't make the right decision they didn't keep going to school they didn't graduate they didn't do this and that's why their lives are the way that they are and that but then coming after many years like coming to that realization you know that your you know future is not determined by just making one good choice but it's determined by making by making choice after choice after choice after choice day after day after day after day i think that made me look at say my grandmother and her life or my mom's life and my dad's life like look at them differently and not judge them i think in the way that i had judged them yeah. as i was a child and it's almost like we were supposed to have this conversation because I had a recent um, discussion with my mother and some of my aunts about it because they were saying how lucky, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, everybody could have made these decisions. Yeah. But it's I realized in listening to their stories that that is not always true. Yeah. How do you help build empathy? Because that's what your writing does. Yeah, um, I think I do that through making every person that I write about as real and as complicated and as complex as I can on the page, right? Because then if a reader reads my work, you know, or, or even if they listen to me speak sometimes, right? So if I can make the people that I write about or talk about as human and as, and as real um, as I can, then the person who is listening, who is reading, will perceive them as real people. And then because they're receiving, um, because they're perceiving them as real people, then they begin to feel for them, you know, they feel empathy for them. And that's not just um, readers or listeners who, you know, who share certain things with the kind of people that I write about or that I talk about. If, if I make, you know, uh, if I write characters who are true enough and who are complicated enough, that means that people who have nothing in common with the kind of people that I'm writing about will believe that these people are real and they'll still feel for them so that hopefully, when they're done with my book, you know, or I'm done speaking, and then they go out into the real world, they will still feel that sense of empathy. You know what I'm saying? They'll still feel for the for the kind of people that 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 I write about. And my hope is then that will lead to some sort of change. You know, that that will lead to them like seeing somebody like the kind of person that I the kind of people that I write about, and it will mean that they will be aware that this person has a life. This person's complicated. This person is doing the best with what they've been given, you know? So, that's what it is. yeah, that's my hope. And I have two more questions because I know there's another reporter waiting here. But I do want to ask you, I mean, because right now I've looked at your Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. You're tweeting a lot of things. And I, I feel like right now empathy is mm -hmm. what this country needs. Yes. We're like in this deadlock yep. Space and because of social media, people are less empathetic. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, because it's very easily, it's very easy, you know, when you are on social media to reduce someone to to just some idea that you have of who they are based on what based on their tweets or who they retweet or who they are aligned with right on social media um, and also it's easy to reduce them to you know to, it's, it's easy to limit them um, and to not understand them as fully complex because it's social media you know because you're on yeah very very two-dimensional and so I don't know like I feel like I can do something in 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 my work like in writing that pushes back against that and that complicates people and also complicates others understanding right of you know the kind of people that I'm writing about and my last question you've been compared to Toni Morrison who recently passed away love 
Toni Morrison, your thoughts on that and her legacy and how it influenced you? Um, she, it's, I, it's always a little jarring to hear people say that about me because I have long held her in such esteem. She was instrumental to my understanding of uh, what uh, amazing good writing was and, or is. Um, and also that black women were capable of that. You know, I mean, she's a legend and her work will be read through the ages. And so I could only hope for that kind of um, reach and that kind of, of, of legacy. So I'm, I, it saddens me very much that she's no longer here and that we don't have her as a beacon because she created throughout her life. You know, I mean, she she just published a book like two years ago. So and I love that she didn't start at 10 or yeah, 12 exactly. or she, she found that yeah. something right. Yeah, when she, Yeah. When she published her first book. It was it's amazing. It's amazing. So with that, Jasmine, you're amazing. You're awesome. And good luck. You are going to <laughs> kick butt today. All right. <laughs> Thank you. has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 AM on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flash point KYW. 